0: Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne where we find mercy and grace to help us. Everything we need is in your presence, Lord, everything. So we thank you. And you know what we need, Lord. We thank you for imparting it to us and letting us know that we have everything. We have no lack because you are a great shepherd. We love you for it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So I thought we'd talk some, some today about the fact, uh, uh, that we are not supposed to waver when we ask. Don't waver when you ask. Amen? Don't waver when you ask. And, um, I think it, it, it has a, a good meaning for us because it lets us know that we can be assured of certain things on the inside. <clears throat> Whereas, uh, before we had as much teaching as we have had recently on the Word and on faith, uh, we, we tended to continue to ask God until something showed up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's better than not asking. You understand what I'm saying? It's, I just think it's a process coming to reality and coming to, uh, the knowledge of God that's scriptural. Uh, it, it's a process that we go through where we are changed and transformed. We're learning. We're getting understanding. Uh, but once you get understanding, stay with what you know. Amen. Don't go backwards and, or keep uh, vacillating, going back and forth and losing ground. You want to continue to gain ground. You want to continue to, to advance and, and have more uh, skill more expertise uh be more diligent about things, and so uh this business about wavering and and whether or not we're asking in faith is something that I think sometimes will plague us, but if you think about it it's an uh it's a consideration that can be easily cleared up once you understand what wavering is, and I think what we do sometimes is we skim over. Certain scriptures, assuming we understand everything about it, and we don't really delve into what, what it really means to ask in faith, nothing wavering. Amen. And nothing doubting. And, and not vacillating. And so, I thought it would be good to spend some time uh, looking at this and getting an understanding of what, what the writer really is talking about here. Uh, and, and whether or not we can correct that, and I know we can, uh, because God wouldn't tell us to ask in faith, nothing wavering, if it weren't possible for us to get there. Amen. So he just wants us to know, have a heads up on, you know, if you think you're waiting for something and it's not materializing, maybe you're not, or you didn't ask in faith. Maybe you did waver. Or maybe you were not sure uh, when you first set out to believe. But that doesn't mean you can't get sure. Amen. But don't let, let questions loom in your mind without getting them answered. You know, don't be afraid to confront things that don't seem to really line up with what you expect. Because God expects us to, to come to Him and, and seek Him for answers. So I was going through this scripture and it led me to, to some other things that I was thinking, uh, about, uh, wavering, strong faith, weak faith, Little faith, no faith. Eh. It just depends on what you've decided on the inside of you. I think that's the bottom line as far as I can understand now. You know, you might come up with a different conclusion, but I, I just think what what James means here is that you must have decided already, based on the word of God, what it is that you desire and what you're asking for. So he says here uh in James one. Starting in verse four, I uh, think, uh, yeah, he's talking here about uh, wisdom. Basically, verse five, he says, "If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally, and upbraideth not." That means that God won't. Won't condemn you or won't criticize you for asking. Amen. So don't be afraid to ask based on God's reaction to your question. Amen. And he says here, and it shall be given given to him, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, because he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. So what he's saying here is that if you waver when you ask, you're like uh, somebody who changes with the temperature, with the wind blowing, that if, if you're asking for something from God today, in five minutes you, you'll say you don't want it. And so what he's saying is we're tossed to and fro by external things. The wind is something that is external to us that we cannot control. So really, he's talking about your five senses, what you see, what you think, what you smell, what you hear, what you taste, all those senses. They might tell you that what you're asking for either isn't possible or you don't want it. It's too hard for God. It's too hard for you. Maybe God didn't say it. That's wavering. That's being tossed to and fro. And so James says that there's a better way to come to God in asking, and that is to ask in faith, because faith does not waver. Amen. Faith really is rock solid and immovable. And he says, if you keep tossing and changing your mind, over here you think you're supposed to have it, and over here you think you don't. And if you keep changing your mind like that, he said, don't let that man think he will get anything from God. Amen? So what he's saying here, and and he's nudging us into, is there's got to be a way to be certain. There's got to be a way to be sure, and we need to be certain and be sure and ask in that capacity and not ask before you get your mind made up about it, you know? I think there are many things that that people in, in, in churches and in the body of Christ think they're standing in faith for, and they're really not because they're wavering on it. They're not sure they want it. Amen? Case in point, there's so many people who say they're, they're waiting on their Boaz, but they really don't. You know, you, you hear them behind closed doors and somebody who's married will say, well, girl, I gotta go. I gotta cook for my husband. See, I'm glad I'm not married. And you're waiting on Boaz. See what I'm saying? So it's a double mindedness that people have. They're just not sure. Amen. If you're not sure, don't ask for it. If you're not sure, don't say you're waiting on it. Amen. Don't lie to yourself. Amen. Ask God to help you to get sure. God, is this for me? Is this not for me? What, what do I do here? What's my life going to be about? Don't assume certain things for your life before you've gotten the faith inside of you for those things. You know, sometimes you, you try to get people to understand what marriage is all about. What does the Bible say about marriage? What does what does the husband? What's his role? What's the wife's role? What's that? And see, many people don't want to be married deep down because of stereotypes that they've heard. The cooking, the cleaning—you got cooking, clean for you. Don't tell me you don't ever cook and clean for yourself. You you understand what I'm saying? Why society has made that something undesirable. I'm gonna say it again. Society has made it undesirable. Amen. If you, oh no, you know, you, you're a liberated woman. You can, you do what you want to do. Not in my house you couldn't. And my husband couldn't do what he wanted to do either. That door swings both ways. Amen. And so you got to have rules. You got to have rules of family harmony. Where do you get those from? You get them from the word of God. Amen. You get them from the word of God. And so if you haven't searched out the word, I mean for something as basic as a job, as a roof over your head as a husband or wife you know all that kind of stuff a family Uh, if you haven't searched the word out for those things you really can't stand in faith on asking god for any of that you gotta know the word you have to know what god says about it because only what he why would you take something to him that he hasn't told you something about or something that you don't understand how he feels and how he thinks about it. How can you ask him if you can receive that from him and you have no clue what he thinks about these things? And so we have to be for sure, for sure in what we're asking for. And I think James gives us a clue to how to not waste your time, how to not waste your expectation, how not to be frustrated in life, how not to be disappointed in life, but just back up and make sure that you haven't changed your mind you didn't ask in a double-minded fashion what it is that you were seeking god for amen sometimes you you just have to you know i've learned over the years some things you just leave up to god god i don't know you know with all this stuff you know plaster and pictures of stuff you want on your refrigerator i don't know all about all that you know what i'm saying? Um. But I know this, you're a good God, and you have a plan for my life. And I want your plan, and I want the next step. Amen? Whatever it is that you have out there, that's that's really what you want. You know, you want what God wants for you. And I think if we can be honest with God and tell him, you know, we don't have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed, you know, where faith and what we want, and how to express it, is concerned, then then we can can allow God the freedom to bring the things that He knows in our hearts we desire. It's hard to know what you really want in your heart. Sometimes you think you want it. Next time you turn around, you don't want nothing. You know, Uh you know, you don't want any high maintenance stuff. Well, God, if it can come here here taking care of itself, that'll be fine. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, that'd be nice, you know. So, so many times we we just want the gravy and we don't want the, you know, want to have to cut through the meat or or the veggies. We just like like us, a bowl of gravy and gone home. Amen. 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 So, so we have to to begin to understand these things and and understand how important it is. To seek God in His Word, to feed on the Word of God. There are certain things you may not even think you want. And a good shopping trip through the Word of God will cause you to settle on some stuff. God, is this for me? You're speaking to me about this. Man, it's, wow, this is, this sounds real good. This is something I hadn't thought of before. Amen. And I think a lot of what God has in store for us is like that. It's things that we hadn't Well, he says he'll do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. So sometimes it's a good thing to stop so much asking or thinking and just let God fill in the blanks for us. Amen. God, just give me a happy life. Give me an enjoyable life. I don't care what kind of life it is, who's in it, who's not in it, what I do every day, what I don't do. Just give me an enjoyable life and god will accommodate us just on a simple prayer like that amen you know sometimes people say we well, you, you got to be detailed you got to be specific uh you know uh, happy specific no sorrow specific no trouble specific amen <laughs> whatever it is unless there's something you 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 have inside of you that you know that you know that you know is a desire that God has for you. And, and that can be spoken. But in general, we don't, we just aren't that specific about every little detail. Think how boring that would be if you just had to dictate every little detail that comes into your life. That gives no room for, for increase, no room for new things, no room. It just comes out of what you already know. You know, that's, that's limiting God to me in, in many ways. So James says that the person who is, is, is wavering is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed. There's something that's driving the person who can't settle, who can't decide. So, so it is a f- external force that has come to push you one way and then another. Amen. And so he says, don't let, don't ask. Well, if you ask in that condition, don't think you're going to get anything from God. You're not waiting on God to give you anything. If your mind is in that condition, amen. But, but also he says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So there's no, there's no confidence. There's no stability. Um every new thing that comes along, you like it, you want to run off with it. you got me every everything that you think might come to your 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 head, you want to do that amen that 's why many times people you know they are gifted people and and you know they're in good churches, but yet they they never develop you know very much in in their gifting. You know, in their ministry, and you'll see God open doors for people to, to really be able to show what they can do and show God they're available. But the minute somebody else comes along and says, you know, I can make you a minister in 24 hours, just send me a thousand dollars. And they're often running after that. Amen. You see, and, and so those people won't get much from God. Now they'll get involved in a lot of stuff. And God will give them a tryout on many things. But until they realize that they're wavering, they're being tossed to and fro, they haven't gotten with God and decided what it is that they really desire. Amen. Sometimes we're afraid, still afraid God's going to say no. Even though we say, oh, yeah, all the promises are yes and amen. Well, why don't you act like it? Amen? Get in the word real good and get solid in what you believe and solid in what you desire. And ask God for it. Instead of the minute something turns in, this is what the enemy does. You'll ask, you think in faith, and then the minute something comes along and tells you something different, you quit. Well, no, that's not for me. Well, I tried it. I did it once. You know, I did that already. And it's like, where did this failure come from? You understand what I'm saying? And, and so there's failure. You need to know failure is a, a state of mind that we all fall into because it gets tough for everybody at some point. Amen. And so there's there's a, a sense of wanting to quit. And there's that word quit right out there pulling at you. And you want to grab it real bad because then, then you get rid of the nervousness as to what's going to happen. You know, how long do I have to endure this torture of believing God for something, you know? And so many times we, we have quit as a companion for when we don't want to not waver, when we don't want to take a stand, when we don't want to, you know, straighten up and toughen up and, and say, I'm going to believe God anyway amen i'm going to trust you god anyway amen and so this wavering thing is is got to be put to rest in all of us you're not going to find anything better anywhere than believe in god for what you want amen nobody else can promise you it's going to happen so as tough as you may think it is to stand on a promise or stand on what you prayed for you got to start toughening up to this because this is god's way amen there are certain things they said about Jesus when he had to do things. He set his face like a flint. You know what a flint is? It's the tip of a spear or an arrow. Amen. It's very sharp, which means that brother set out to do something. If you got in his way, you got Poked. say it again all you people that want to be nice all the time sometimes you need to just make up your mind you're going to do something no matter who says don't do it no matter what they think about it you're going to have to do that if you're going to obey god you know you can't be a man pleaser or or fearing what people think or having to include that in every equation you won't do much amen because the enemy sees that and he's oh well let me go have some fun and tell her no you know back her back out you know, back her back into a corner again, amen, and so we we have to we have to have that about us now, I'm not saying just be deliberately mean to people, but you know when when the devil's pride in people to get in your way, and you just have to say no i'm i'm gonna I believe I've heard from God, I'm gonna keep with this amen, no thank you, I don't need any help from anybody i'm I got this, you know. You understand what I'm saying? And just go ahead and and go in faith, though. But make sure you're in faith. Don't just be doing it because you're trying to prove God told you something. You know, have faith in your heart that this is the right thing for you to do and just continue to pursue it. Amen. So this is the only way to please God is to believe him and believe his word and respond to his promptings and not anything else so he says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways can't be trusted to do anything amen can't be trusted to to get to church on time got can't be trusted to to do a good job at the job you know it's double-minded people it's like they they want a promotion but they don't want to be a, a a person of integrity on the job They want to go in the coffee room as many times as they can get in there with the boss not looking. They, You understand what I'm saying? And so so that's instability. The ways of how they conduct themselves every day are unstable ways. And so you can't trust them to do anything. You give them something to do and they got an excuse because they, you know, I can't be here this day because I got to do so and so and such and such. Well, I thought you were dedicated to the Lord. Do you understand what I'm saying? I remember one time I was, I was at a church, there were so many crazy religious people running around there and, 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 you know, they seem to have all the, the responsibility and, and, you know, the jobs, important jobs around the church. And I'm thinking to myself, I said, now God, these people barely know you. I said, you know, what gives? And he said, you watch them. And so I just shut up and watched for a while. And I I started to observe people, and this is what I've observed. They were at church every time service was there. They didn't miss a service. They were there early, before everybody else was. They didn't come in dragging three kids and complaining, it took me so long to get here. That person will never have any response. They can't keep their own household in order. You got me? They give. You understand that the envelope, they have an offering envelope. Every time he says, lift it up, everybody's giving. And the Lord says, they are being faithful and consistent. He says, they're dependable, diligent, and faithful and consistent. He said, and that's what I'm looking for. huh? And I was dragging in there a half hour late. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, God's supposed to pick me. Because I think I'm better than them because I know more scripture. See, pay attention. You learn something. Amen. It's all about learning something. It's all about learning something. And so I lost my criticism. I lost my watching everybody else trying to act better than they were. You understand what I'm saying? You gotta lose certain things before God will start to move you and use you all of that i wasn't thinking about promotion i was just thinking about pleasing god you understand what i'm saying and and things that didn't add up to me i needed answers for them and he gave them to me amen with conviction because then i could measure myself against what he was looking for and i start to get there on time and i started to, to be diligent do you understand what i'm saying and so these are the things that that God is looking for for us to be stable in all of our ways. Be single minded. If you're single minded, you can make a commitment to something. If you're double minded, you'll be wondering if you made the the right decision. You know, you 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 get to the to you you'll die and be in a coffin and then sit and say, "No, wait a minute. Did I mean to be dead, or did I? What did I mean to do when I?" You understand what I'm saying? Unstable in all your ways. You can't even make up your mind to die when it's time to die. <laughs> you can't be of two minds and serve God. Cannot serve the God of this world and the God of the universe at the same time. He said, just, just, you know, keep moving until you make up your mind to stay with me. If you can't stay with me. You know, go on whoever whoever you're going with, but I don't I don't mess with people who see God doesn't reciprocate to people who are not faithful, because He's a faithful God. He's looking for you to pick that up from Him and want to be like Him and and imitate Him in your faithfulness. Amen. And so, once we understand what God's really looking for. Then we can set our hearts. And see, you can get that from the word. You go look in the word and you'll find yourself. You find your flaws, your faults, your problems, your misgivings, what you do right, what you do wrong. You'll find all of that right there in the Bible. Amen. So there's no reason that we have to be those people that can't get it together and can't be stable. And and don't be double-minded. Amen. Because you're unstable everywhere. Amen. Should I, should I, uh, uh, get this job or shouldn't I take this job or should I, you know, you'll have a job for 30 years and still think you shouldn't have taken it. And we don't have to live like that. And when you're double minded, you don't really enjoy anything because double mindedness means you have no peace about anything. Amen. You have to get sold on something. I don't care what it is. <laughs> Get sold on something. So God can back you up. Where would he t- send your blessing if you are living over here today and living over there tomorrow? Where is he going to send your blessing? And don't say a post office box. He don't roll like that. There ain't no post office boxes in the kingdom. You have a location, and God intends for you to stay in that location. It's called obedience to him. You're supposed to be following him. He should be able to look behind him and see you and give you everything you need. Amen? Instead, we off running someplace else and running over here, and, yeah, they told me they going to have this and that over here. Unstable in all your ways. Never satisfied. Why? Because you don't know what you need and you don't know what you want need to settle down go read your bible for a good mm, 15 years <laughs> nonstop amen just stay in there until you find yourself till you locate yourself and you understand what you're doing so so he says here oh, excuse me it, a double minded man is unstable in all his ways amen all of its ways. So you want that stability. And what gives it to us? The rock. If you're tethered to a rock, you're stable. Amen? Like like the the ship that he's talking about out on the open sea, there's no mooring for it. it it's tossed to and fro. But a ship that's anchored or a ship that's docked can be pushed by the wind, but it may be stable. It, it doesn't move from that position. And that's what he's talking about. Even though there's contrary elements against us and all manner of trouble out there, if you're anchored in the rock, Christ Jesus, if you're stable in the word, if you're believing God's word, if you're meditating on his word, if you're that person, even though the the same wind that's blowing the ship that's out in the open sea can toss it anywhere it wants to toss it, you only get tossed so far before you come right back to, I still believe God. I still know that I'm healed. I still know that God has a, a perfect job for me. I still know that God has a real husband for me. Amen? And I can put this cardboard man away that I got sitting in his chair across from me. I mean, if that's your point of contact for your faith, go for it. Amen? Amen? And just let that, let that happen. <laughs> I was talking to somebody about, you know, uh, having a s- sit down to dinner, you know, regularly and, and, you know, they, they said, Oh, okay. You know, so I'm, I'm waiting for it to click in with them as to why we're doing it. You understand what I'm saying? So, and it needs to click in. Because if you're single and unmarried and you expect to be married, you know you can't just eat all all around the house and and your husband finds you. What are you going to follow a trail of breadcrumbs or something to know where the dinner is? so you got to sit there and anticipate you know just get comfortable with that amen and and this is a problem for young people because everything is a single meal through the drive through. Through the, You understand what I'm saying? You know, unless they find a, a group of friends and everyone, you know, well, they rotate taking each other out for birthdays. Nobody's cooking. Well, how come you cook when it's my birthday? We supposed to go out. <laughs> come on, y'all. See, these are all imitation things. It's not real. These are imitations of what God really ordained for, for a meal. It's a covenant. It's, it's sharing with someone. Doesn't depend on whether you went to a restaurant or whether you cooked in or what. Did you all sit down and enjoy one another's company and talk to each other face to face instead of texting? Or or behind each other's backs. Huh? Come on, y'all. What do you think God instituted that? My goodness, that's like a, a a God institution like forever. He doesn't do things without meaning. And he doesn't do things for no reason. And why do you think the devil gets everybody too busy to sit down and do the things God ordained us to do? And get us comfortable. Just you know, having a meal alone, going through the drive-through, and you know, I mean, if 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 you're by yourself, that's something different. But at some point, you need to have that shared experience. And let me tell you how you can make sure you have that shared experience. You want no secret? You do the cooking and invite some people. Quit looking for people to treat you all the time. You get a treatment, all right. Huh? Huh? It's called hospitality. (laughs) God expects that out of his people, you know. The Bible even tells us to entertain strangers. We're supposed to welcome everybody. Because he said... Thereby, people have entertained angels unawares. There's a messenger from God. There's something for God in you when you open up your heart, your home, your doors, your table, to anybody. Some of the most popular television shows at the turn of the year 2000 was the cooking shows. People would sit there just mesmerized. You got a kitchen, Right. When you been in there? I mean, on business. Been in there on business last time, not just microwaving something. Going there with business in mind, huh? You've done business with your pots and pans last time. Got me. But people were fascinated with that. These chefs got got to be multimillionaires because they they capture people's attention. Why? Everybody responds to that. Now you can say it's not for you and you know I'm slave for nobody. We ain't asking you all that. Come on now. We asking you to get a pot, put some water in it, do something with it. Make magic happen. (laughs) Amen. Oh I don't know, whatever. Good gravy. You think you have somebody go murder somebody? Good grief. And that's supposed to be something you, you carry over, you know. I mean, now we do hospitality here. One of the reasons I do it, I, I just like making people feel comfortable. I'm one of those people who will scare you if you don't really know me. I know that. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's just, you know, we different. Everybody different. You understand what I'm saying? And so you you do things you know you need to do to make people feel loved and feel comfortable, and you know all that kind of stuff and it but you know what I'm saying you just you do these things, and they're God things to do because people remember stuff like that i was I was trying to think who I think it was brother Brian he was telling me he said um because we kind of grew up in the same neighborhood and now." now I'm a generation older than he is. I remember his um his dad. I remember his grandmother and people like that and his mom. And and he said, you know, I remember one thing, he said, I remember my grandmother took us to church and they would have those really good meals after church all the time. And things like that bring people, they know church is a safe place. You know, you leave church because you think the world is more interesting. You find out, and then then there's something in your memories that tell you church is a safe place to go. I felt good when I was there. I felt people loved me. I felt welcome. Maybe I should go back there. Maybe that's what's missing in my life. And everybody should have good church experiences. You know, and I, I'm, I, I understand we're word people. We, we like the word. But you eat too. Amen. And you want to teach your children how to feel comfortable around people. It breaks the ice. It helps people to, it's common ground for everybody. Everybody eats. So a meal is like common ground that you can get people to gather together around. Amen, and and you know you get your own utensils. I know there are some cultures where you everybody gets one plate and y'all get a piece of bread and dip into that. You ain't asking you to do all that. You get your own plate, you get your own utensils, you get your own drink, you got your own everything. It's safe, amen. Nobody's gonna hurt you here. So, and that's really all it it it's saying is it's a safety place in in. That part of the covenant is the part that denotes friendship. When God says, when the Psalm 23 says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. When you set a table before enemies, when they finish the meal, they're friends, they're not enemies any longer. So that's that scripture really means that that God is causing you to forge friendships Of people. Because very often if, if, if they wanted to remain enemies, they would refuse your food. You understand what I'm saying? But if, if God prepared that table right in the presence of your, that means you lay down your weapons against me. When we get up from this meal, we're friends. You got me? And so, and that's what it's supposed to mean. Amen? You don't, you don't break bread with people and learn to love them and go backstab them. You know, unless you miss the whole point of it just going through the motions but if it's a a meal that really i don't know how i got off on this but if it's a meal that really means something amen you know people had the most things way to a man's heart is through his stomach and all that kind of stuff i don't i don't know about all that we'll try it instead of sitting around here running up and down the street trying to get somebody's attention Do something that works. That don't work. You know, people are crazy. You doing something ever, over and over again and ain't worked yet. Why you keep doing it? At least try something different. Try something word based. Amen. You do what you got to do. Amen. So anyway, um, so James is saying a double-minded man is like a ship out in the ocean tossed to and fro. You got to wait until the wind stops to know where you're going. You understand me? And that's not the way God wants us to live. He wants us to be anchored in him, anchored in his word, anchored in believing him for everything. Amen. I mean everything. You've got to believe God for, for bills to be paid. You have to believe God for, and I'm not saying every month you got to be nervous and however do that. No, after a while you just get confidence that that money's there. It's going to be there. If you don't jack it up doing something stupid with it, that those bills will get paid. You'll always have a roof over your head. Amen. See where the double mindedness comes in. It's where you know what you gotta do with your money and you go do something else with it. You got an idea pops in your head. I, i well, let me go do this. See, I, I'll put it off for, uh, for, uh, uh, I'll pay half on it this month and I'll catch it up. And it never gets caught up. Them bills gonna be sitting in your casket when you leave here. Oh, here's half of your light bill. The half you didn't pay is in, yeah, give it to her over there. I know she can't write no check in the condition she's in, but she owes it. Huh? It's just bad stuff, folks. You need to get stable. Just get stable. I know it's boring to be stable. It's more exciting to to use up your bill money on something stupid and, and sweat the rest of the month. See if God will come through for you again. God, I know I messed up and I shouldn't be asking you for the... <laughs> but please... Uh, you just to stop living like that. Live by faith. Just faith is a confidence that God's provision is there for you all the time. He, he never misses. Amen? He never misses. And so all he wants you to do is pay him back in kind. Be faithful on your end of it. Amen? And it will shock you the things that God wants to do for you if we can clean up these things. Amen. We just start really living by faith and living confidently in God that it's taken care of and just be faithful doing your end. God will start rewarding you for faithfulness. He'll start blessing you with things that you, you didn't, you don't even, you can't even afford, not in the natural. You understand what I'm saying? He'll just put them in your lap because you're faithful over here. He knows you're not going to waver. He knows he's not going to be embarrassed, one of his kids sitting out on the street somewhere. You understand me? He knows that about us. And so he knows he can trust because he wants to move us on to greater challenges to our faith. He doesn't want us in kindergarten forever. Amen. I know we like crams and we like chalk and You know, but we got to grow up, folks. We need to grow up and move on. And and there is a better way to live, and the way is the way of faith. And just keeping faith in your heart for the things that God has for us. So, wavering, um, I just like definitions. So, we'll go to that first. I thought I'd give you some examples in the word there there's this word that they use for wavering is really translated in a number of different ways throughout the word but i thought it's kind of interesting the way uh the the writers use it and and it's it's something that that happens in the person's mind it's just a common occurrence in a person's mind but we have to move beyond that common level and move on to something more stable. Cause, cause really in the natural, all we have is wavering. You know, now you can be adamant about something uh, or adamant that you believe something, believe it's right. But once you find out you're wrong, you got a decision to make. You got to let that go. Amen. And you got to pick up what's right. Well, God's word is right all the time. So you don't ever have, once you start believing, once you build on the foundation of the word of God, you never have to change it. You don't have to go through the risk of, well, what if I'm wrong about this? Or what if this isn't the word? Did God give it to you? When you meditate on it, do you get peace? Can you put your faith with it and believe that God will bring it to pass? Do you have a testimony that he's done it for somebody else? he's done it for one he'll do it for others so once you get that foundation in truth and in the word of god you don't have to worry about somebody coming telling you that what you're believing is amiss or you got to change what you believe you got to change the way you think about things the way you do things amen you've got to to you you have the privilege of staying with what you've been doing and that's a tremendous blessing so so the word uh the word that's used here for doubt to, the definition means to thoroughly distinguish thoroughly distinguish it also means to decide mentally or judicially so so when you we when you think about um uh Uh, not doubting, okay. You think about there being a law somewhere that you can't violate. Amen? So, so to, to doubt really means to toss it back and forth in your mind thoroughly. And once you, you've done that process, what you settle on is where your faith is. Huh? So so you got to, you know, we know what faith is, but then there's a process that we go through to get to the point where we settle on what we believe, and that is the doubt process, the, the tossing to and fro, amen? You're to get beyond the to and fro tossing and settle in on what you believe. That's what James is talking about when he says don't waver. Amen. When you waver, you are deciding. You are throwing things back and forth in your head. You're trying to weigh the evidence as, as you would as a judge or as a person who's hearing evidence. Amen. So, so this processing of your thoughts and this processing of the information to come to a conclusion, that's the wavering he's talking about. He says, if you're going to get anything from God, go through that process, but come up with the right conclusion. Amen. So the, the wavering process isn't bad. It's part of what we go through to believe God for things. Amen. Like you, you know, you'll start wanting to believe God for, for something. And the first thing that, that'll hit your brain is what does it cost? So you've tossed, you, you want it. But then you gotta to toss it back because of the cost of it. Amen. You, you, and then you say, well, well, God, I'll find something else that doesn't cost as much. And then you feel something on the inside of you that, that just is irritating. It's the Holy Ghost telling you, don't, that's not for you. Oh, what can I do, Holy Ghost? This is too much right here. And this is, you so you keep weighing it back and forth. That's why people can't really come into agreement with you for things until they have decided that it's what they want, See, until that decision is made. So this really is, this wavering is a decision-making process. But James is saying don't ask while you're in the decision-making process. Ask once you've decided. Amen? So once you've decided, once you could, like Abraham was fully persuaded, took him how many years, twenty-one years or something took him that long to be fully persuaded on on letting God do everything all the years that he walked with God, he was being persuaded, he was gaining evidence, he was gathering evidence. well, God is a good God God he's taken care of us all these years, he's given us mercy here and there in a Well, I guess I figure he can do this too. You understand what I'm saying? So there are some things that we desire that our faith isn't really strong enough for right now. We're still kind of in the decision-making process, but we put our faith out there anyway to see what it will get for us. You understand what I'm saying? Is it uh, I'm believing and, and in some days I'm not believing and most days I am believing, but then there are days I'm not believing. And Jesus knows where we are. And He helps our faith. He's the author and finisher. So, so my thing is you gotta put something out there to begin with. This isn't fleecing. This is, this is using the amount of faith that you have. And, and then you experience what it's doing for you. That's why we have to continue to walk with God in certain things before we receive them. Because we're continually, we're not we're not actively tossing back and forth, but we're in process of strengthening what we do believe. Getting to that place where you doubt not at all. Amen. And so, so we, we have to get to that place where we can allow our spirit to freely speak the things that we know we desire from God. And and even though it took us some decision making to get to that place, we've still now gotta hold on to that that decision so that we can receive what we need. Amen. So so this tossing and deciding and all this stuff is a process that goes on throughout, amen. But when we ask, we've gotta ask without wavering. We have to make a decision. So asking really is more deciding. And speaking out what we decided on that comes from God, that comes from the word of God. Amen. It also means to try, to weigh, put something on trial. Amen. To condemn, to punish, to avenge, to conclude, call into question. We're talking about the word wavering now, okay. To call into question, to sentence, and to think. And so what the wavering is, you are thoroughly examining this whole situation. And it's good to thoroughly examine what it is that you're asking God for. Some things are pretty cut and dry. Amen. God, I need money amen i need a job i need my bills paid amen and and so if if that's the case those are pretty easy but then there are some things that are a little more technical a little more need to be a little more precise and there are things there are some things that god wants us to have that we're not aware of that he desires to bless us with those things So that's the other reason to go into the Word. See, when you go into the Word and see certain things, your mind is screaming, that's not for you. Your mind is is built mostly on the natural realm. Your experiences, your, your memories, your thoughts, all that stuff is based on natural experience. So now you have to trust the supernatural God to come in and promise you something that you'd have no way of getting on your own. Amen? Some of the things we can get pretty easily. You know, everybody can go and get a McDonald's job. You know, I mean, you just, who can't get that? This is what we tell ourselves. Well, that's your faith talking to you right there. See, you didn't even have to weigh that. You didn't have to waver. You didn't have to toss. You didn't have to think too much. You know, it just dropped. Hey, going to McDonald's. I can always get a job there, kind of thing. And so, Those things are simple, but here we go. I'm at McDonald's for three years. Why am I still here? I never thought I would be here this long, blah, 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 blah. And they want you to go to Hamburger University so you can be a manager. And eventually, these people own their own. And then you got a decision to make. Mm. If I can go to a Hamburger University, I can go to a real college. Huh? Or I can go to beauty school. Or I can go to nursing school. Or I can go, I can, there's a bunch of things. So this is where the wavering comes in. It comes in when you have a new idea introduced into the system. You've got something else now to consider. So the wavering decision making process. Now, if God is with you at Hamburger University, You understand what I'm saying? Just say, I've been waiting for that. I'm going. You've already decided. It's been processed in you. You went through the the embarrassment of working at McDonald's. You got over that. You got over all the people that quit that job and talked bad about it. You managed to keep a good attitude about it throughout these years. I would say you're ready for Hamburger University. Amen? because you've worked through all the difficulty already that people generally go through making decisions amen i i remember you know people used to be pretty well programmed for certain things i think it was back in the day my my late husband was in in industry and in manufacturing and he he knew the system they had what you call a system and, but once you got involved in the system, if you wanted to continue to do well, you had to agree to what, wherever the system led you. Amen. And so they would tell him, you know, said, well, if you want to, if you want to get into management, this is how it's done. And so he committed to that in the beginning, which meant that when things came up that were a part of the system, he automatically was going to do it there was no decision making there was no wavering at each juncture each decision you know and and their 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 phrase was well you know you don't have to tell us right now talk it over with your wife you know and then you come back in and whatever the old lady says is what we do ah uh-huh. pretty much they gave it lip service but once they knew you were a go in the system, they didn't, I mean, it just was lip service. They just told you to go home, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we, we always discussed things, but I knew what the answer was going to be. You know, what am I going to do? Throw a fit and say, oh, you know, which I did once, but you know, it didn't work. <laughs> Amen. So, so you, you agree to certain things well in advance. This is what we've done when we got saved. You agreed to the will of God no matter where it took you in life. This is the system. This is how it works. So we shouldn't have to vacillate on every little thing that that comes, you know, people don't like the prayer whatever your will is God or if it be your will, whatever whatever. They don't like including the will of God in your prayer Because they think you should know the will of God from reading the word. Well, this is 66 books of stuff, folks. Sometimes it's easier to just let him decide. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, who am I to sit up and tell him just because I got a scripture, this is where we're going to go. You can cut all of that short, trust me. Everything I've received from God, I have never been disappointed in anything he blessed me with. So why couldn't I trust him? Cut my prayers a little short. Cut my believing a little short and all this kind of stuff a little short. God, you know what kind of car I want. I need another car. This one isn't running well anymore. I know. I held on to it for 25 years. (laughs) I really did. You understand what I'm saying? And, And so I trust you. Well, if you have a car for 25 years, you must not be too picky about nothing. Or you would have dumped that a long time ago saying, you it's time for something new. Amen? So God knows what, and it takes one thing off the drawing board that you got to go into fits about. Asking a 100 people and, you know, come go with me so I can test drive something and tell me what you think. No, God, just roll it on up here. Whatever you roll on up here, that's what we got. That's what we like. That's what we love. That's what we're going with. Amen. I mean, just free yourself up from a lot of this steps and formulas and trouble and tossing to and fro and losing sleep. and This God just rolling on in here. And if it's something you really, really want, tell him. Tell him what to roll up in here. You got me? Very simple. Some things are more complicated, but keep, keep. Things as simple as possible, stuff you can do with no sweat, do it. Don't sweat because there's enough stuff you're going to sweat over. Do you understand what I'm saying? Save your sweat for something that's sweat worthy. So amen. So James, James is saying here, double-mindedness. Don't ask in double-mindedness. Now, the thing of it is, when you pray, be decided on what you want. At the time that you pray, don't waver. Don't have any wavering in you. At the time that you ask, don't have any wavering in you. Make a decision. Amen? Now, this is the interesting thing about our decision-making. You can ask in faith, nothing wavering, and then five minutes later, the devil will say, you're not going to get that. You ever been there? He'll, he'll, he'll make you doubt. No, devil, but when I asked him, I wasn't wavering. I spit it out like a grown girl. You understand what I'm saying? I was 100% in it with all the faith I had when I asked. Because trust me, your mind is open, is fair game for any demon that wants to tell you. The minute you pray, sometimes five people, saints will walk up to you and give you a discouraging message out of nowhere. Because it's already on the devil's pipeline what's coming for you. I'm going to say it again. I said it's already on his pipeline what's coming for you. Amen? That's why the Bible says we'll reap if we don't faint. See, there's a fainting that can go on because of all the negative stuff, that, and then the enemy wants you to start to rethink and toss it back and forth and waver again and think over and over again to start the whole process all over again. Well, you already weighed everything. You already thought everything through. You already made the decision what you wanted. You already weighed the pros and cons. What does it cost? What doesn't it cost? And and you settle on God. Well, God, if you can get it in here to me for X number of dollars, that's mine. You got me? Then the enemy will show you everything at that price and it doesn't look right. You hear me? Seeing if you'll jump at it just to get the torture over with. Now, why are we are so tortured when we got to believe God for stuff? When we can really be the most peaceable people, amen? You don't have to pick up all the questions again. You don't have to pick up all the doubts again. You can go forward in, in, in full confidence, full assurance of faith. Just don't let your mind wave wonder. <laughs> That's a tough job, but but you can do it. You can have some really good days where you feel really confident about your prayers and about what God's going to bring to you, you personally. Amen? So So... To waver really means to be uncertain, divided, in interest, doubting. It means to rise up on high. It means to get an idea bigger than what God's idea is. To be puffed up with pride, tossed to and fro, to be agitated. Many times we waver between hope and fear. We hope for something, then we fear we're not going to get it. Amen? So you can be tossed back and forth in your mind, not in your heart, but in your mind. What God has for you that you've spoken in faith in your heart is for you. What the enemy attempts to do after you've prayed and you believed you received it when you prayed, after you've done that, the enemy comes along and tries to get you discouraged about it and fainting and quit. Like, it's like this, when you plant, everybody, when you plant something, say if you've got a garden or something like that, you plant, plant something, you're excited to see what's coming. It's the same thing with our prayers. When you first pray and, and, and believe you receive it when you pray, that excitement about your harvest comes inside. But then after a period of time where you, you know, it's, it's like anybody garden. You know, I went out, oh, I got to water my garden today. Can't forget to water. Two, three days go by. You forgot. A week goes by. Well, I hope it rains. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somebody else going to tend it for you. You know, I get back out there and I get back out there. But as the season wears on, you know, thank God for rain. It'll rain itself. Amen. Now, you can make it rain yourself, your prayers. How do we rain our on our prayers? You praise God. You thank him for it. You keep thanking him for it. Don't keep asking for it. Keep thanking him for it. It's mine. I know it's mine. Thank you, Lord. It's mine. I received it when I prayed. That's watering. Why do you water your prayers? So you don't forget about them. And let them die on the vine. And forget the harvest. Well, I used to believe all that stuff. Huh? A lot of people. You got people walking around. There's some people walking the streets that look like total bums that got more word in them than you and I do. Who was that? Todd White said he, he was out witnessing and he's, you know, all excited about the Lord and and went up to a man and said, you know, it's God wants me to tell you that he loves you. Do you know Jesus loves you? He said, yeah, but do you know he Jesus loves you? <laughs> so he shut up and listened for a minute. Amen. 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 But there are many people that <clears throat> walk away from the promises of God. They're not believing God anymore. And don't be deceived into thinking they do. Believers do certain things. Written in the Bible, so they can't fool anybody. Amen? And they're not believing. They've been offended by something. Never were, were sold on God to begin with. You know? Religion is like that. It'll keep you uh, gliding around and tossing to and fro and thinking you're really deep in God and, and you're not believing God one little inch. But you're, you're in there. You look like everybody else. You talk like everybody else almost. You, you understand what I'm saying? There's a, a big difference, big difference. Justified people live by faith. If you, if you're justified by God's blood, you know, you, you live by faith and you're excited to live by faith. You don't have to lie to people about what you believe. You don't have to pretend to believe something that you don't believe. Amen. And so, so when, when you understand that, that God wants you to live by faith every day and it's possible for you not to waver, it's possible for you to give that, that wavering thing up and get solid in your mind, you know, sometimes you just need to correct yourself. You find your mind doubting something you've already received. Your first word to yourself is say, "Now quit thinking like that. You got that already. You received that when you prayed. So keep quit thinking. You're not gonna get it. You got it already. You understand? You you really do have to take care of what's planted on the inside of you. Better, I think we do. We we can't listen to everything, and we can't take everything in. Amen. You have to only take in that which nourishes your you know them them uh, uh who are them people, um the weak vegan people, and you know all the people, oh no, I can't touch that, you know, it's my body is a temple, you know, I don't know who your God is if you're scared of a pork chop, you understand what I'm saying. It, see, we, we have to guard what we have because it's a lot more valuable. Because the body is gonna perish. One day it'll go to dust. And these people have spent all their lives trying to cultivate that aspect of them and neglected their spirit. Amen? You, you're, you're working on something far more valuable. Something that's eternal. Amen? And so we need to guard what we hear, not to weigh and consider everything. Just let some stuff go in and come out again. Amen. Let's pass right through. And 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 you know, keep loving people, keep living for God, all that stuff. But you can't it doesn't it doesn't add any value to what you're already holding on to. See so if it doesn't add value. To what you believe in God and what you're expecting God to do for you, you gotta let it go. You, you can't consider it. Amen. It's not part of what you're, you're looking for and what's gonna help you. So to waver, many people waver between hope, and that is the thing that, that you're believing God is something you hope for, and fear that you won't do, won't get it. Amen. Even though you believe you received it when you prayed, that doubt will come in your head and try to get you to faint in your heart and walk away from it. Amen. Then when the harvest comes, if you're not, not, you know, poised for it and expecting it, you can be overwhelmed by what you harvest. Amen. It's just like a farmer that, that, you know, you never know the volume of the crop you're going to get until it starts bringing forth bud. And once it starts bringing forth bud, it may need a little more tending. And so you've got to be ever more diligent about looking after things. But still, on the other hand, you got to be prepared for, boy, when this starts, when I start plucking these tomatoes off of here, I'm going to have a whole bunch of tomatoes. Amen. When I start pulling up Q, it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff I start pulling up out of here. And so you have to be focused enough on your harvest to stay in anticipation and stay in, in, in knowledge of strength of faith that you need to pull in what it is that you're believing God for. See, you can't have any, any surprises at the harvest. Because it, it can wreck your faith. It can wreck your anticipation and your enjoyment in the things that God has for you. You've got to stay poised in anticipation, knowing that God gives you strength to pull in the harvest. He'll keep your faith. You got to keep your faith strong for the harvest. You got to keep your faith in the word for the harvest. All of that stuff has to be maintained so that you can, when the harvest is ripe, You can put in the sickle and nothing's wasted. You can reap everything. See, people can abort their harvest just because they don't anticipate the strength that it'll take to pull it in. You got me? You got to stay in the word. You got to keep feeding yourself the word. And when when the blade comes in, that first little inkling of it comes in, you've got to be ready to, to pull the rest of it. You understand what I'm saying? You gotta understand there's some pull left to get in. And if you're in any way weak, you don't, you don't want to just let go of that whole thing that you've been anticipating because of what you, uh, what you haven't prepared yourself for. Well, God, if you gave it to me, you gave it to me. I can pull in the whole thing because you gave it to me. Amen. You know, when people make, make purchases, you know, I can think of homes that, that I bought in the past. You know, uh, you can't get to the closing and wonder where you're going to get that extra thousand or fifteen hundred dollars that's been sticking out there. That's been, do you understand what I'm saying? You, you got to understand that God will take care of it. it. The time for wondering was back when you found out you needed it. By the time you get to closing, you got to be solid in that it's there. Do you understand what I'm saying? God, I need so and so to complete this transaction and your faith has to tell you it's there. It can't be hanging out there and you wondering and then the whole deal falls through or you wind up trying to renegotiate everything because you didn't, your faith didn't anticipate what was going to be needed. Amen. So God knows everything that's necessary to pull in that whole harvest. That's why you got to stay with God and make sure you get everything in that God wants you to get in. Amen? And that you don't waver on the the closing. You know, everybody's got to be closing the deal all the time when you live by faith. You've got to understand that it may take more than you anticipated, but that God has everything that you need. And if you're nervous about it, you need to ask God to show it to you. You know, God, show me how we're going to do this. Let me know what my portion is. And don't be wavering going into the final detail of it, into your harvest, because you're not sure what God's going to do. Amen? You know, I've dealt with people like that that have believed for people's salvation for many years. And the people... You know, I could see they were, they were more open to God. They were talking like they under had relationship with God and the other person couldn't see it. And they've been praying for it for years. Do you understand what I'm saying? You, your faith has to keep growing for pulling that in when it's time to pull it in. Now you're not going to keep anybody from being saved. God knows God saves people. Salvation belongs to the Lord. But all of the things that you had, had anticipated the joy that it would bring can be crushed because you're not expecting that thing to come in like that. Where if you pay attention in the realm of the spirit, God's already flagging you down. Hey, over here, look at this. You always want to see something. I'll show you this over here. They're ready. Amen. And so, so we have to understand that, that there's, there's a wavering after you believe you received, After you've received it by faith, there is a mental wavering. James isn't talking about that. He's talking about when you begin to ask, when you first ask. Wait until the wavering stops. Wait until you've decided this is what you want. How do you decide? You got to feed on the word of God. You can't go around and ask people what they think and get a consensus on, on believers to what they think you ought to ask God for. That's got to be something that's planted in your heart that God tells you, okay, now we, we, we've been wavering, we've been wondering if this was what, what I'm saying to you. I'm going to give you a confirmation after I give you that it's a done deal now you've got to start believing, amen, and it's good to make that decision beforehand. If you've only got one one word on something, you need to have it strengthened on the in the mouth of two or three witnesses is every. you need an established word on the inside of you to start petitioning God for it. But if you never get into the word where that's concerned, it won't happen. See, we assume we believe things because we've heard them all. You've never taken it to God. You've never gotten a word on it. You've never given, gotten real understanding and say, God, is this for me? Just ask. You know, don't be afraid to ask. What we're afraid of is a no answer. When we always say, all the promises of God, yes and amen by us. Huh? But he's got to put that faith in your heart for it. That may take some moving some furniture around on the inside of you. You got to throw out the old wives' tales. Got to throw out the lies, church tradition, what they don't believe, and what you're trying to believe. You got to do some house cleaning before that word will settle in on you and you believe it with all of your heart. But once you do, once that wavering stops. Then you can go forward trusting God, thanking him for it. You don't have to keep backpedaling and wondering. If you really asked him, did I really believe it? When I yes you did. Amen. You believed it when you prayed. Amen. The Holy Spirit bore witness to it. You said yes to it. It wasn't something you made up out of nowhere and trying to convince God to do it for you. It's already written what He has for you. And so Feel free. But don't always be decided on what you desire from God. Be decided on what you desire from him. Amen? And then it will come to pass. Amen. All right, why don't we stop? Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for giving us understanding. Thank you, Lord, for giving us blessing, encouragement, strength. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing for us in our lives In our hearts, in our minds, we have renewed minds by the word of God and we thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. 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 All right. We'll do our, do our declaration. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona she can't get me thank you jesus that by your stripes we are healed amen amen and amen again it's so decreed amen thank you jesus